0: Hello, my name is Eva, and I love to read, especially this book, The Murder of Roger Aykroyd by the Queen of Detective Novels, Dame Agatha Christie. This is a non-spoiler review. This novel, published in 1926, is one of Agatha Christie's earlier works. The first full novel, Murder on the Links, was published three years before in 1923. The book features Hercule Perrault, the Belgian detective made famous in many of her works, and a rival in worldwide recognition to Christie's other famous sleuth, the spinster Miss Marple. The murder of Roger Ackroyd takes place, as do many detective novels of Christie's, in a small fictional village in this book named King's Abbot. In King's Abbot there are quaint houses, a couple of substantial homes, a squire of sorts, who inhabits the local manor, and a prodigious number of eccentric villagers. In lieu of the changing times that were the post-Great War period, the squire is a self-made man rather than the scion of an old established family the novel is written in the first person the story told by dr shepherd the local physician and the story opens as he discusses the recent suicide of a mrs ferris of the village with his nosy sister the death of mrs ferris has left him feeling vaguely uneasy as he contemplates i was upset and worried I am not going to pretend that I at that moment foresaw the events of the next few weeks, but my instinct told me that there were stirring times ahead. Doctor Shepherd is later called to attend Mr. Aykroyd, who, it turns out, has been stabbed to death in a closed room. From there the mystery unfolds as those closest to the deceased, servants, family, stepsons and so-called friends all have their own private reasons to wish Mr. Aykroyd dead and gone from their lives. Dr. Shepherd soon meets Hercule Perrault, who has recently moved to the village, and in such a small pastoral setting where everyone is inclined to know the business of their neighbours, this odd little Belgian, is a source of unending mystery to the villagers. Hercule Perot, if you are not acquainted with him, is a man of vain sensibilities, with an enormous moustache, a passion for fine dining and delicious chocolate, and is in later books revealed to be a former police officer and now a refugee from war-torn Belgium after the Great War, who has now settled in England and become a private detective, the most famous private detective in the world, according to himself. But he is a brilliant sleuth, with a sympathy for those down on their luck and a weakness for those with a title. As the story begins, Poirot has retired to the country in hopes of cultivating green marrows of all things, and here he meets Dr. Shepherd, with whom he strikes up a friendship, with Dr. Shepherd, in some ways acting as a Watson to Hercule Perrault's detecting. This formula a victim whom many had caused to dislike or fear, a brutal murder committed seemingly by impossible means, i.e. committed in a closed room, the slow disclosure of astonishing secrets before the final gathering of of suspects and a dramatic reveal of the murderer by Perrault, This all fits the usual tropes of the British whodunit in general and the Agatha Christie in particular and follows the formula of the books of the golden age of detective detective novels of the 20s and 30s. For my part, I have read all Agatha Christie's works and much prefer those stories that are set in a smaller setting and rely on witty dialogue between everyday people rather than some of her later works where the whole world as we know it is in peril. This is a quiet story and in many ways a quiet murder committed by an ordinary person with extraordinary secrets murder is committed in order to not be found out, rather than vengeance. And in this, Agatha Christie excels and conjures up characters who are flawed but likable and whose actions you can somewhat understand, if not fully condone. We, the reader, get to know village life and the unlikely actions of the characters, while Hercule Perot tracks and retraces the clues, some of them hidden in plain sight, until such time that he can finally reconstruct the how and why of the crime and the criminal. So, so far, so reassuringly familiar. However this novel veers off on its own course in an end twist that certainly comes as a surprise to the first-time reader, and actually caused a stir, bordering on disapproval when it was first published, as it went contrary to the so-called Knox commandments laid out by the author Ronald Knox as to the how, what, and whom of detective stories. The solution is also somewhat unorthodox and might remind some people slightly of the solution in the original Murder on the Orient Express, though that has a very different setting. The novel was also accused of, but ultimately cleared by reviewers, of an accusation of cheating That is to say, using time on subplots that ultimately mean nothing at all, and keeping from the reader such clues that would have been necessary to glean the plot, with only the the detective knowing the truth by means unknown. However, if you do read this book, and I would highly encourage you to do so twice, there are a considerable number of throwaway comments that are not exactly pre-announced with trumpets and do not exactly reveal the plot, but are highly amusing and illuminating once you do know the ending. The themes in this book centre around greed and arrogance, and honour as an individual might perceive them. Greed is at the heart of many of the secrets in this book born out of the longing for financial gain or security, but at the cost of others. With greed comes selfishness, the kind fostered by arrogance and the belief that others can be used to further one's own needs. Arrogance, then, in this book is closely aligned with a lack of self-discipline. And Honour Well, honor might be construed by some to be to do the right thing or desperately seek to be seen as proper. But others in this book, like Porot, see honor linked to empathy. Honor must be to do what is right by others, but also in that to consider others. As with many Agatha Christie novels, you can as a reader sometimes wonder why the murderer chose such an intricate plot when a straightforward method might have done just as well. And so the plots and the plot in this book may be complicated, but the story is hardly complex. It is a novel, after all, meant to entertain but the quiet tension that mounts as the characters grow from vexed to frustrated and then desperate holds your attention. And of course, the ironic observations and the quick banter is excellently done. This is an entertaining book for a rainy day, with an Hercule Perrault at the top of his game and a very surprising ending. The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie is a very good book for the beach on the train or relaxing on the sofa. So before I end for today, I would like to address a question that I was sent and thank you kindly to those who have sent me questions. But the question posed was, will you finish the history talk on the anarchy, which I think was a very polite way of asking, can we even be sure you'll do it. And yes, I will finish it. That is my clear intention. In fact, tomorrow will be part two of the Anarchy, in which a slow-brewing storm sweeps England following Henry I's death, and a crown is placed on the quickest head of a royal cousin. But until then, I have been Eva, and thank you so much for listening.